I couldn't hear you. I was... Oh, sorry, I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> no, I was waiting to hear your dulcet tone. No, I was sitting here quietly waiting for you to start. Hello and welcome to Izzy and Gina in Stitches, informal conversation about life in general and creativity in particular with me, Izzy Moore and me, Gina Ferrari. Hello, Isabel. How are you today? I'm very well. Isabel, it sounds like I'm in trouble. Yes. Oh, are you in trouble? <laughs> yes, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm very well. I'm a bit sort of, yeah, I'm a bit tired. Um, I've, yeah, I've been away, been away for 10 days. It seems like a lifetime, but I needed it. I really needed that break. I come back to an absolute I'm not even looking behind me at the, the room I left behind and the living room is just full of wine bottles which is a very happy state of affairs yeah indeed <laughs> we were stopped at uh the French customs on the way to the ferry and yeah you open your boot so we opened the boot and he said oh full <laughs> we said <laughs> yes very judgmental of him <laughs> but it was I thought we're not getting all this lot out mate no. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, but no, we have made a very yeah, we had a very good time. Very good time. The weather was not wonderful. It's as cold in northwest France as it has been here, really. It's sort of sunny, but the air is cold still. Oh, it's been wet here while you've been away. It has oh, been drizzly too. Yeah. It was drizzly too. I swam in the sea three times. The first time was actually warmish. And actually, I got in. You look at it, you sit on a rock and you think, ooh, should I? No, yes, no, yes, no, yes. <laughs> if, I, if I'm if i going to do it, I have to do it now because then the tide's going to go down and, ah, okay, I'll do it. And I got in and I thought, this is strange. It's very warm. Oh. But it was the afternoon of a sunny day and I think it warms up as it comes in over oh. the sand. But I also know there's a thing with hypothermia that at some point you do suddenly feel that's how people die with hypothermia. Because they, they suddenly feel, feel warm, don't they? Feel yeah. really warm and start shedding all their clothes. And I thought, am I actually hypothermic? Is it actually really, really cold? And maybe I should go in now. So you didn't stay in the water that long, though, surely? It was about ten minutes, actually. That time it was just... yeah, well, ten minutes is okay, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was rather pleasant. And the second time was absolutely freezing, freezing. There's a really stiff northwest wind. It was really cold. But uh, anyway, no, it was a very nice time. More about which a little bit more later. We have brought back some wine, but we have a new strategy that we have brought back some very nice bottles. We got nice wine, not cheap, cheap, right. cheap wine. <laughs> and we're going to have a nice, no, not plonk. We're going to have a nice bottle at the weekend. Sounds good. So we counted up how many weekends until we're back in France. And we thought, right, that is how many bottles we buy. That is it. We are not buying wine at home. We just drink the nice bottles we brought home. And that is better for us. And we don't drink in the week, no matter how hard a day we have had and how much <laughs> we feel we can justify it. <laughs> but no, it's it's been a very nice time. And I've done lots of walking and my pedometer doesn't know where it is because it says, oh, your average steps have gone up sort of strange this is very mysterious I think well it's not mysterious at all I've done a lot of walking yeah mine's I've looked at mine this morning I've already done a dog walk which usually you know is a couple of miles and it's told me I've only done a thousand steps this morning I think, what's going oh. on <laughs> wrong oh 
And that's really because you can't add them on manually. Oh, I don't know what happens. There we are. Yeah, I had some really big, big days because, you know, walking down to the beach, it's about sort of 15 minute minimum to get down to the rocks I like. And then by the time you've walked around and come back, you know, a good chunk of steps is excellent. Very good. I feel so I feel very good. Anyway, so a really good break. Um, Yeah. So that's me. How are you? Yeah, I'm tired for different reasons and I've got a mess and everything in my studio. I've been here and no excuses for not tidying it up, but no. (laughs) few problems with my mum this week which she she had a fall woke up with a black eye has no memory of how she got it oh, and, with, hard. and now it's kind of there were other thing issues coming up I mean not going to go into yeah. long detail of it all but we I have basically I think got weeks of hospital appointments ahead of me which oh. starting this week we've got blood tests this week so yeah so it's all a bit overwhelming really in some yeah, ways yeah can imagine a messy studio can be a sign that you've been busy doing a lot of creating. It can also be a sign that you haven't had time to get in there and tidy. I haven't. I mean, I am I'm still doing my portraits. I'm still enjoying doing them. I did notice a shift. Uh-huh. It's suddenly now I'm getting a lot of requests of people, will you do this? Will you do that? Like they actually want me to do it, which wasn't how it kind of was presented initially. It was like, give me your photos, I'll draw you if you want them now people are wanting me to do stuff and I think there are obviously some people who are not entirely happy with what I'm doing or I don't know you know or you don't get a response it's more difficult there's more pressure and I'm not enjoying that right so it feels more like they're commissioning you now almost right okay and a lot of people like this style I'm doing the ink paint drawings that doesn't work for everybody it no, doesn't work okay. for every face for me and the way I'm doing it. Oh. So again, it's got to be my, de- and I said that at the front, it's my decision whether I do you pencil, colour or whatever. So that's quite interesting because it's it's okay. teaching me a lot about, a lot about people. I'm going to do some sort of blog post at the end where I, I keep, I'm keeping notes about what I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like doing the double ones as much. A lot of people are asking oh, okay. me to do double portraits. Because, you know, you'll get one that looks okay. One really good face and the that second one. perfect, which is going to yeah. lead into the And the other one just isn't working. And that is really hard then because what do you do? Cut it in half. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a, <laughs> I don't like doing the double ones as much. No, Although okay. some of the double ones have been the most successful ones I've done. But there we go. Yeah. So I've got about 20 more to do. Mm. And I will get to the end of them. And then part of me is thinking, well, I've done 100 faces because of all these double ones but I will get to at the end I think but I'm slowing down I'm not doing them every day now because there are other things I want to do yeah and other things that you have to do so shall we talk about this thing that we have threatened to talk about the last couple of episodes I think perfectionism what's the perfect way of starting this topic of perfectionism (laughs) how do we get this right do it perfectly without getting it all wrong (laughs) right perfectionism because we feel it ourselves you know when we do something and so like for example when we when we were away we had a friend who was camping it was it was very funny he he wanted to do the whole bike camping thing we had a little mobile home and we said, and he said, is it all right if I come to dinner? And we said, yeah, 
course it's okay if you uh-huh. can come and eat dinner with us. We're not going to expect you to have baked beans on a little Bunsen burner at the bottom of the hedge <laughs> by your little tiny tent. Of course you can come and eat with us. So I wanted to cook this thing. I'd taken various things with me and I'd seen your orzo recipe. But of course, we didn't have an oven in the mobile home. We didn't have an oven. We had a microwave. We had a hob. But there was no way of making anything baked. We had, there were various sort of frying pans and pans. It's to say any self-catering thing. You have to use what there is. And it's all a bit, everything's very thin. So things were burning quite quickly because the pans were very sort of thin and warped so I had to sort of try and invent something and I did this tomato sort of vegetable tomato thing and I pan fried lots of veg first of all and then I made a tomato sauce and then and it was okay they had been out cycling all day it was hot it was filling it was reasonably tasty it was okay but I thought that is just slop. That's <laughs> just some sort of hot, <laughs> hot slop. Oh, hot that's slop. nice. <laughs> and the thing is, his wife, his wife is Japanese. Uh, she wasn't there, but I have this picture in my mind that they eat this very perfect, um, delicate, wonderfully presented. I mean, they they are big foodie people. Every year right. when they go back from France, they go back with twenty five kilos of pink onions. All right. <laughs> their son he's so funny he's like bloody onions everywhere in the caravan they stuff them under the seats they put them they pack the spare wheel you know with onions so you know they are sort of foodie people and I'd made this hot slop and I was like and my brain was like oh why did I do that why did and later in the week I made a lentil tomato pasta sauce thing which we had for two days and it was absolutely delicious and I thought why did I not make this? Why did I not make this? Why did I make that thing? Oh, what's he think? Because food and cooking is important to me. And I've made hot slop. And (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's going to be called now to write down the recipe. That's lovely. (laughs) Isabel's recipe for hot slop. (laughs) Some nice things in it. And it would have been all right if I'd been able to bake it in the oven. I'm sure it tasted fine. (laughs) It's good. But it was sort of chewing me up because I hadn't made this, the meal that was in my head, you know, this sort of perfect, not perfect, but yeah. And so it it really bothered me because I hadn't done as good a job as I thought. And it was perfectly fine and everyone ate it and there wasn't a problem. But in my mind, it was a big problem. So I think this is where my perfectionism, if you like, comes in is if I know I can do something like I proved later in the week yeah when I was just noodling around and I just made this sauce just oh that's nice that's tasty it's where I know I can do something and then I don't or like if I know I've cut a corner and then it comes back to bite me it I that it really bothers me if I know I can do something well and then I don't yeah I, I identify with that because it's when when you know you can do better so yes. it's, it's personal standards and I get cross with myself if I know I fall short or I make silly mistakes that that irritates me personally yes silly mistakes yeah I think well I should have been taking my time and but then there are other levels and it occurs to me I mean I've seen some of your teaching videos and they are always beautiful and you've got nice graphics and the colors all match and the music's right 
and mine are like, you get a bit of music at the front if you're lucky, and then you get me talking. Um, however, mm-hmm. for me, the content has to be spot on and yeah. right, because if what I'm saying isn't clear and easy to understand, then I will re-record and do it. But mostly yeah. I do it in one edit, one cut, that's it. You've got me teaching and this is how I yeah. teach. And so I don't have that level of it's got to look perfect, sound perfect and everything else. So I, th- I think I've got different. So it's about yeah. meeting your own personal standards, isn't it? Yeah, really. See, for me also, the, the, what I am saying has to be right. And I don't know whether it's me. I've started doing outtake videos at the end of a course. Oh, have you? <laughs> because you know, sometimes I can be saying, right, the most important thing, right, the most important thing, right, hang on, what am I saying? And I end up saying the same thing about five times. And in the end, I go, ah, for goodness sake as well. And I have to record it again because I'm just talking <laughs> nonsense. And I thought, blah, 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 blah. I can't. No, right. Do it again. So <laughs> I had the thought about that because I have several where I go, start to talk. And I go, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what I'm talking about. But then I usually swear. So I can't, I couldn't put that in for now. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that though with a little over the ah blanked it out but yeah because I talk absolute nonsense sometimes I can go in boom and I get it right in one go and that's great and sometimes I start it's usually if I'm not sure or if it's something I've been oh I have to do the video for this it's a complicated one and I'm having to say a complicated way how thing how am I going to explain it in a simple way and it takes me sort of three or four goes before I crack it before Mm. I go ah that's how I describe it right now I've got it so then I end up doing the editing because I think well I can use this bit and I can use that bit but I have to chop that massive bit out there and actually when I do my editing now I sort of work backwards because by the time I get to the end of the video I know what I'm saying (laughs) so I work backwards from the end get to the bit where I know what I'm saying and then chuck the beginning the first you know five ten minutes because that's complete nonsense that's where I don't edit (laughs) but see I I actually enjoy I enjoy doing the graphics I enjoy doing the videos I enjoy doing something that is nice to watch as a thing in itself and I I really like choosing the perfect sort of music um I I like doing that same with my newsletter if I want to find a picture like a gif or whatever some sort of stock photo because I can do that with my newsletter there's a link to do it Mm. to illustrate a point I don't I usually do only about one in each newsletter but sometimes it's nice to have a funny little thing Mm. like I think there was one I used once of a cat sewing very sort of frantically on a sewing machine (laughs) But I love it when I can find that because it it expressed perfectly what I wanted to say. But it takes time. It takes Mm. time. And sometimes I just don't have time. So it's understanding where I can stop, where it is important and where it isn't important. So that's that's why. Yeah, it is a thing that I do. I do have high standards for things I do like creating something that is good if I know I have the skills to do it but I am also 
the sloppiest, untidiest, half-assed sort of person you could ever meet. I, I, yeah, I just can't yeah. be bothered a lot of times with a lot of things in the house. And is it to do with values or I don't oh, know? It's about what's important to you, I think. And that's, yeah. you know, I think where I came from, you know, if something's important to me to do well and to do my best, I will do that. And I might get cross with myself if it's not up to the standard that I want. But I don't yeah. think it stops me from doing something or. I mean, I, I was so I was talking to Jacob about this yesterday yeah. and about perfectionism and how it affects him. And he was and his girlfriend actually said, well, that's what he's like. If, if he doesn't think he can do it perfectly, he won't do it. Yeah. And I don't think that would ever stop me. I would give it a go and try. Yeah. And see how I got on. So it, 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 I don't feel it's a problem having high standards and trying to do the best I can. Yeah. I I completely relate. So like my daughter as well, she's a musician, yeah. but she doesn't see herself as a musician because or, or a performer in particular. She when she does perform. So like the campsite we've just been to, they mm. love her. At the end of every summer season, they do a CD of their open mic concerts. You go home with the CD and then you spend oh, right. the first half of the journey going, oh, right, forward. No, <laughs> hear the first few bars of someone singing flatly. No, forward, next one. <laughs> and by the time you get get home, you've chucked the whole CD. But she has made it onto the CD a few times. And her, the things that she has done, it's just perfect. There's one time she sat down at the piano to play. It was an ABBA song. And before she even sat down, she didn't know what key it was going to be in. Right. She just sort of decided at that moment when she sat down on the, and she always gets a rapturous round of applause. And they said to us that, you know, how is she? How is she? Is she a musician? And we said, no, because if it's not perfect, she gets really, really upset. And she burst into tears after her grade eight violin and the examiner came out of the room and said, I think I've broken her. It's funny, it's just made me think of a story. My elder son is a pianist. Yeah. Um, learned very early on, and it was a school concert, and they got him, he, he could have only been seven or eight, playing yeah. the maple leaf rag. Yeah. And he hit a couple of wrong notes in the middle. And even at that little tiny age, it was he was mortified, I can't do that, I'm never doing that again, I'm not playing in front of people again. I said, I didn't yeah. hear it. So nobody else heard it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Instead, we were all like amazed that this little tiny boy was yeah. sitting there playing the maple leaf rag. And I mean, he did get over it and he has now performed and we've been to see him play on a Steinway and he, he plays jazz piano. Yeah. Obviously, now he's got two little children. He doesn't do nearly as much. So I think he has overcome that. But yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. And it was. Yeah. No, I can't. And it, it can't be note perfect all the way through. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. And for us looking on. It's like, oh, please play again, please, because it was so beautiful. It was so good. It's uh, lovely, no, isn't it? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> and it's just, I, it's really sad to see it in someone else. But so I think this is another thing that I wanted to say about perfectionism as well, in terms of what it's motivated by. So a lot of the time I'm motivated by the fact that I know I can do this thing, therefore... Mm. I feel I'm sort of letting myself down if I'm not. Mm. It's frustrating when I've, like with my meals, like, yeah, but you should have come on Thursday, Andy, because that was really tasty. And I'm a really good cook. <laughs> and I'm actually a really good cook and I do know what I'm doing, but you just caught me on a bad day. <laughs> but, 
but yeah because for a lot of time a lot of the time so light with the courses yeah the videos people aren't expecting that sort of you know quite so much but I enjoy doing it so I do but other things about the courses like making sure the emails come out on time and making sure it's it's all put together and it all works my motivation for getting that right is fear it's that fear of being judged fear that I'm going to be shamed because (laughs) I've done a crap job and it's useless and it's people want their money back and it's awful I'm motivated to get it right and get it as good as I can because I'm scared I'm scared people are going to judge me and that comes straight from childhood yeah um that and in which case perfectionism being high having high standards being driven I don't feel that applies to me I think the high standards come from other places like parents basically parents had high standards expected me to achieve them so by being motivated to achieve those high standards I'm actually fulfilling my parents high standards does that make sense it's starting to go down real psychological minefield though isn't it well well (laughs) in some ways (laughs) but I think that's you know when you are told sort of oh you know like the old the French teacher or whatever, I got 86% in an exam or I don't know. It was a really high and I didn't do well with French despite going there every year on my holidays. Um, <laughs> but that's now. I got something like 87 percent I was absolutely thrilled. And in my report, it said, Isabel must share my disappointment in her recent exam result. <laughs> what? I thought, the hell? <laughs> I'm actually really pleased. And it's it's that feeling as well you know if I got 86 what happened to the other 14 but we are talking something like French where you can't be perfect in it this is what we were talking about earlier wasn't it could you be perfect you know if there are 86 marks a out of 100 what happens to those other they are surely up for grabs and and I didn't achieve them but then Mm -hmm. again at the time I felt okay but then I was told no that's not good enough well what a crap teacher is all I can say (laughs) to say something like that I mean I'm really no that's just nonsense (laughs) that teacher wants a slapping (laughs) me first me first (laughs) she should have seen my French results (laughs) yeah yeah which was so but yeah there's that is the fear of being judged or ridicule ridicule was my my father's particular speciality yeah. and yeah I mean my sister could take it and my brother but I, I couldn't basically but then I was ridiculed for being too sensitive Can't bloody yes. win. an interesting um, method of parenting but <laughs> yes exactly but but so like well like talking about parenting like having being the perfect parents or beating ourselves up for you know are we shit parents have we not done a good job you know and thinking well I never set out to be a perfect parent actually I set out to survive yeah and I mean parenting is a such a I mean you know we all do that cold with the first time you've never done it before you've not got any experience it doesn't matter what anybody else tells you you don't know what you're doing do you yeah so, I think these days it might be different with social media, this sort yeah. of online pressure to be this perfect parent, have this perfect family. At the time when I had young person in U2, there was less of that. 
yeah you learn as you go along and you know you make mistakes and yeah and I look back now and think well I would have done that completely yeah. differently but yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't do that so yeah no Indeed. I think there's probably more pressure now if they've got all this comparison and this is what you should be feeding them and this is what you should be talking to them like. Yeah. yeah. And I think also in life generally, like for kids these days growing up, I think there's this massive mental health issue, isn't there, with yeah. the younger generation because they see all these Instagram things, people having these perfect lives and it just creates this sort of mental anguish when we don't meet those standards because we can't because we're human indeed so there are all sorts of motivations and reasons for perfectionism and when you see these sort of lists you know perfectionism being a bad thing and a you know don't be a perfectionist blah 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 just relax just let go it's not as easy as that depending on the sources i think I think perfectionism isn't something where you can just decide to not do it. No. I think it depends on where it comes from and the motivations. It might be a really deep-rooted thing based in childhood. Mm. It might be something to do with your social media use. It might be other things. So it's very personal in that sense. And it can it's not necessarily a bad thing. I would quite like if no. I was going in for surgery to have somebody who's a little bit of a perfectionist yeah of course but I, I I just wonder whether there's this blurry line between doing the absolute best and knowing you can't do any better and mm-hmm. yeah and if you make mistakes especially if you're something like a surgeon you've got to make sure you don't make those mistakes etc and I think the definition that I'd found was when perfectionism is actually a problem that it gets yeah. to that level because I think I I found I was listening to um is it feel better live more yeah chatterjee chatterjee yeah talking to i can't even pronounce his name i'm not even going to try <laughs> we'll put the link <laughs> but, in the but it was this chap anyway of talking about living a healthy life longer so he was some sort of doctor but he had actually gone into rehab because his level of perfectionism was so bad that it was creating these huge anger problems with himself and so you know, obviously, if you've got that level, it's a problem, isn't it? So, yeah. and that's not the same as just having high standards and always trying to do your best oh, no, no. And, and doing better. It's a different thing. Yeah. And also, there is another thing because there are certain traits of perfectionism. So, like the need for order or the need for things to be a certain way that are linked to neurodiversity. Yeah. And that is obviously something that can't be cured by therapy as it were it's something that you have for life so you know I I definitely have a particular need for things to be clean in the bathroom in the kitchen just don't Mm. look at the dust in the rest of the house but you know it's like surfaces where I am preparing food yeah and where I'm getting washed I, I like to have it clean and it actually makes me feel physically uncomfortable if it's not And so I do like surfaces to be wiped. And that is not because I am some sort of perfectionist about how my kitchen looks, because there are still heaps and things in the kitchen (laughs) and jars and things, you know, in random corners. But where I'm actually preparing food, I do insist that it is wiped. It's health and health and safety. It's hygiene. That's common sense. That's just hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. But it also it's a psychological it's a need i have to know that things and ocd as well is linked to 
perfectionism as well so maybe it's that's something to do with it too indeed so yeah it is more complex than just don't be a perfectionist you can't just yeah not do it and at the end of the day none of us are perfect (laughs) no none of us are perfect and there are different motivations between trying to do things perfectly so i think it's very yeah just be really careful not to judge others or judge yourself too harshly Mm. more important not to judge yourself i think doesn't matter what anyone else thinks really (laughs) have you got any diversions and discoveries yeah i've got one it's not exactly mind-blowing but it's just it's helped me stay sane a little bit uh it's on sky arts and it's really silly it's painting birds with jim and nancy moy what's his name it's Vic reeves what's his name Oh, right, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's not a lot of painting in it, but they go around <laughs> lovely places in the UK. And sometimes he talks to somebody else who likes doing a bit of plein air painting. And then he comes back and paints a rather beautiful watercolour of a bird. That sounds delightful. And he's very talented. But if you look on his flipping website, he's painting self for goodness knows what. And I think, whoa, is that just because he's famous? <laughs> but anyway. Might That's, be something in that, yeah. Might be something in that. But anyway, it's quite, it's just relaxing. It's it's a bit like, you know, the Bob Mortimer one with um, Paul Whitehouse where they go fishing. They yes. just go off on little jaunts. They have a little chat. It's not, there's nothing to it, really. A little bit of light relief, and that's what it feels like. And the fact that it was painting birds was rather nice. So that's that was my Do you have a diversion and discovery this week? Yes, we had a discovery. We nearly went to our favourite restaurant, our favourite creperie, but I, when we went to market, I had to buy a lettuce and the stand where we were quite late going to market, it's even worse than in the summer, getting late getting out. And by the time we got there, the only place that had any lettuces left was this particular stand down a little side road from the market. And I was waiting in the queue and where I was waiting there was a door to a tiny little restaurant and it had a little blackboard in the window I thought is that actually open and as I was waiting I was just looking at the board and I said to Nick you know go go and have a look at that board and tiny little restaurant tiny little set menu you couldn't really see in so we thought well that looks quite nice let's just let's give it a go so we booked for the next day turned up it was a tiny place with 20 there are only 20 covers and there's only him one man oh wow and he cooks so he shows you to your table he takes your order he goes off and cooks it he <laughs> serves you and he, there was a downstairs and an upstairs too i think there were eight places upstairs tiny little place and the food was absolutely delicious and then another restaurant we went to, it was with uh, our friend Andy, because it was his birthday. So we said, well, you choose. And so we went to um, a place down in the port. There is a port nearby where we stay. And it's quite yachty, quite quite a lot of yachty types. And it's a restaurant we used to go to when our daughter was little, because you have the paper oh, things with crayons <laughs> that you could, you know, oh, paper, paper mats. Yeah, and box of crayons, but they don't do that now. And actually, what they do now, you book a table and they say, if you don't turn up in 15 minutes, we'll give the table away. So that's the first sort of, oh, right. Okay. And then you turn up, everyone turns up all at once, boom, you're in. 
and they take your order and then they say we'll take your dessert order now as well I think I don't, I don't know, know. I, want. I want a dessert yeah I don't know if I want one <laughs> I don't know what I feel like and I thought the whole point with crepes was that you had two sometimes if you wanted one that is a that is a common French thing. You have you have a galette or whatever, and then they say, "Do you want any more?" And you say, "Yeah, okay, I'll have another one." And you have a simpler one, and sometimes you don't. Who knows? Mm. I can't decide. And then you know, well, bish bish bish, and then oh, our friend's uh, dessert turned up as well, and he said, "I'm sure this isn't what I ordered. It was a Breton name, and there were two right. different." And he, and he queried it a couple of times. And he thought, no, it's fine. Whatever. I like it anyway. I'll eat it. It's fine. So it wasn't it wasn't perfect. Right. And then you, you finish up and they bundle you out. Boom. And you're out. So they can have the second sitting. So the contrast between the two, you have one man with 20 covers. And we had several times while we were eating, someone came in the door, said, have you got a table? He said, no, sorry, I'm full. And they went away. It's more like a dining club, really, in some ways. Oh, it was just a tiny restaurant with just him. With just him. So, you know, he can only do set things. Yeah. He didn't say, oh, I'll try and squeeze you in. No. No. He said, no, I'm full. Sorry. But the food was perfect because he only had 20 people mm. and he cooked it all himself. And that's all he could manage. The other place, they were trying to cram in as many people, two sittings, yeah. like a conveyor belt. And it was not good. So big is not better. So the thing I have learned from that is that it is better to do something on a smaller scale and do it really, really well mm -hmm. than to try and scale up and because you just can't do it as well. And and himself yeah. upstairs, he's taken from that, that this thing about only having 20 covers. And I'm thinking as well, like time blocking in my day, if I have a certain number of hours and something else comes in, like him upstairs, you know, if another job comes in, no, I'm full. Can't do it, yeah. I can't do it. I cannot do any more. I will do these things, and I will do these things well. I will not try and do all these other things and do all of them badly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of them badly and some of them well. I would rather do fewer things and do them really well. Yeah, because if you do too much, you start doing it all half assed don't you? And you're not quite... <laughs> which kind of ties in very nicely with our subject doesn't it yeah i thought so <laughs> yes i'll put the link to the the nice restaurant in the show notes for anyone who's interested okay so thank you very much for listening we hope you've enjoyed our little chat today and if you have please consider subscribing etc etc leave us reviews uh, and it all helps others find us so we'll be back again in a couple of weeks we don't know what we're talking about no fine <laughs> <laughs> shaking my head <laughs> in the meantime you can find us at isabelmore.co.uk and ginaferrari-art.co.uk thank you for listening bye So 25 plus 15, is that 40? Yes. Don't ask me to do sums. And your maths teacher, but you know. No, I'm not. I'm not really. <laughs> Past life. Yeah, it was all a sham, but there we are. <laughs>
that's another another story for another time <laughs> pretending to be something that we're not yeah it was I just found it easy so I did it it was not the right reason for doing it <laughs> you do like yeah. Andram too so there's something in that what pretending to be something I'm not <laughs> well putting on a performance yeah that's teaching though isn't it Thank you for listening if you like the music it's by ixon and you can find it at soundcloud.com slash ixon and the link is also in the show notes <laughs>